You're listening to the Knowing Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Welcome to episode 41 of the Knowing Motherhood podcast. Um, I am just so looking forward to today's episode and getting to share this with you. It's kind of a follow-up to last week's and, um, you know, during the season of planning, you know, all the special events and shopping for the perfect gifts um, and I think striving to be mindful of the accumulation of material things over the Christmas season, I think it's natural for us to want to declutter in advance, you know, to make room for the new, right? Um, And it often feels a little like nesting or spring cleaning, yet there isn't necessarily a baby on the way, and it's definitely not spring right now. So I have a lot of mixed feelings, though, during the season, especially when it comes to the gifts and the shopping, because I love gift giving. Um, does anyone else relate? Um, I always have. I That's one of my love languages. Um, but I find myself always dreading all of the new things that we're, go- we're going to acquire. And I often wonder if that's linked to my desire for a more minimalistic lifestyle. Um, and maybe you can relate, maybe not. But either way, we can all use a little extra wisdom when it comes to decluttering. And last week's episode was really focused on the habits um, that we create in our households. Today we're talking a little bit more about that, um, but also just making our homes a more lovelier space to enjoy. Um, We're continuing our series, The Thriving Home, again this week, and um, I have another super helpful and inspiring episode for you. Shannon Atchison, who's the founder of the website um, Homemade Lovely, joins me for a really fun discussion on all the things homemaking, including uh, the developing of efficient systems in the home, getting the family on board with these systems, creating realistic expectations of ourselves, and tips for some of those really daunting tasks that we never feel like we can keep up with. Um, Socks, anyone? Shannon is the author of two books, Homemade Lovely and The Clutter Fix, and her work has been featured in a number of online spaces, including Better Homes and Garden, HGTV, Real Simple, and Martha Stewart Living. So let's listen in to my conversation with Shannon Atchison. Hi, Shannon. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Good. You were just about to ask me something. Go for it if you want. (laughs) Sorry, I was just going to make sure I knew how to pronounce your name properly. <laughs> I know. I figured that's what you were going to say. And you know what? <laughs> I just had to ask you how to pronounce your last name. So yeah, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, Linnell. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we, we didn't know each other previous to this uh, recording. And I love that because I think it's a lot of fun just getting to know people in this way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So can you let our listeners know a little bit more about yourself. Um, tell me a little bit about your family um, and what fills your days currently. 
Wow, that's a lot. Um, no, um, <laughs> um, I have run Homemade Lovely. It used to have an, a different name a long time ago, but basically for the last 13 years, just sharing about our home. And uh, so on the business side of things, that's sort of, I've written a couple books and I have a blog. And um, my family, I our kids are now actually 19, just about 21 and 23. Um, I homeschooled them for most of pretty much the entire time, um, except for the last little bit of high school, they did that online. And um, what fills my days right now is I'm actually still driving. Um, I'm working in between things, but then one of our kiddos um, is in college and also working, but doesn't drive just yet. So I'm still <laughs> playing taxi all the time. So I'm in and out every couple of hours, which, you know, it's it's my pleasure to do for her. Um, it's just a different kind of season than when I was home all day, every day with them. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. What does that feel like for you right now? Kind of seeing the end of that phase um, it is actually really, really cool. Um, my kids actually yesterday, my one of my daughters, my other daughter and I were serving at church and she actually serves, she's the 19 year old, she serves with the younger youth. And uh, she and I were actually just greeting at church and a couple of the youth, a couple of her, her youth girls ran up to her just to talk to her. And I literally almost started crying, like just to be on that other end of it where now she is like even serving and, and mentoring younger kids. And it was just I don't know. It's super cool to be on that side of it. It felt like that it would never beautiful. come. <laughs> that is but beautiful. Yeah, mm. it was very, a very amazing moment. I totally relate to that. Um, my oldest is 14. Okay. And I'm, you know, it's funny because I, I look at her and I think, I'm so proud of the young woman you're becoming. Mm. But I, And I also think, Oh, like I get that gut check where I'm like, oh my goodness, like I have four years with her at home, potentially, right? And right. it feels so surreal. But I also feel, I, I can relate to what you're saying. There's just this, as you see your child growing and thriving mm -hmm. in their relationship with the Lord and mm -hmm. in their, um, in just their circles of friendship and in the things they're pursuing and they're passionate about, there is the most beautiful feeling of I don't know, can I say satisfaction yeah. and gratefulness yeah. in that? Yeah. yeah, gratefulness for sure, by God's grace. All You know what I mean? Like everyone's yeah. like, how did you do that? How did you homeschool? And like only by God's grace. And it Amen. is so, <laughs> yeah, I'm so grateful to be on this end of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so neat. And so you were talking a little bit about your work. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit more um, about what you do um, personally. Um, as in like my, the business side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, I do a lot of writing. <laughs> um, we started, my husband and I, I do all the writing, but he is like the power tools and do the construction kind of guy. Cause I'm a little clumsy and, you know, I like to say that I could do those things, but I'd probably get hurt a lot in the process. We started, mm -hmm. um, homemade lovely under a different name a long time ago. Um, when we were renovating a tiny little house that we had that needed a lot of work. And um, it was just a really great learning experience. And from that grew a lot of our other and my other dreams of, you know, writing a book. I'd always wanted to do that. And I got to do that twice, actually, in the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the blog is just there with a lot of um, DIY projects from a few years ago, um, de a lot of decorating and, you know, how to decorate your like yourself your own home 
and, uh, and decluttering too, because that's a huge part <laughs> of, of having a lovely home, in my opinion, is, is one that's, you know, that functions well too. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So this is interesting. You and your husband actually do this together. Uh, yeah, I, I do all the writing. So when we're doing projects and stuff, um, so for example, this weekend, we were working on some stuff in the living room and he's the projects and power tools guy. And that's, again, it's not because I don't think um, people, women can't do that. I just personally am clumsy and choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he loves and he's really good at taking if I say, okay, this is kind of what I want. And it's a little abstract and it's a little whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, okay, I can do that. And and he runs all the math and the numbers to make it work and and then, you know, builds those things for me. So yeah, so, so we fun. do the whole DIY side of everything um, together. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. My husband I've got my husband and I have gotten to work on several projects, around, just light reno projects, and I love it so much because it's the same thing. I'm like the the visionary, yeah. right? I I do all the aesthetic planning and um the purchasing of whatever's needed and he comes in and he's my yeah, he's my handy guy and he yeah. just gets all the things and he does like the painting and all of that <laughs> and it is so much fun. It's yeah. one of my favorite things actually that we we do together together. Um, we don't do it for work or anything, but we've just done it in serving and in our home and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Now, something that we have in common is we're both in Canada. Okay. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's awesome. It's so fun. And um, and I, I love that. And I thought, and when I came across your book um, a few months back, The Clutter mm -hmm. Fix, which, mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, it's your newest book, correct? It is. It's my second book. It just came out about a year ago, 13 right. months ago or so. When I came across it, um, I didn't realize that you were in Canada, but then when I found that out and I started following your socials, then I was like, oh, this is so neat because I think for the majority of us, we, we come across these, you know homemaking pages and these these DIY and all these different um, types of pages. So often these women are in the States. I don't know why. It just feels like that. <laughs> so do you feel like you're one of very few or are there other women who are doing a similar thing to you here in Canada? I think there are you know what? I don't know, to be truthful. Um, mm -hmm. Years ago, there was a bunch of us doing home home decor and DIY, and I'm not sure how many are still doing it. Um, and I'm not sure how many are still doing it um, or ever were doing it f with a faith-based sort of perspective as right. well at the same time, or mm -hmm. at least that were sharing it um, if they were, you know, if they were a Christian. And right. so... Um, yeah, so <laughs> it is, there is definitely less of us in Canada than in the U.S. for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I sure love it. I mean, mm -hmm. and I just, we'll talk a little bit more about your books um, a mm -hmm. bit later. But for now, can you just share a little bit about how your motherhood journey has impacted the way that you care for your own home? Yeah. Um, so for me, um, kids... <laughs> kids make messes you know it's mm -hmm. it, it's different than I mean my husband and I were married for about four years I think before we had kids and um it was definitely different and bringing the kids into it there was more to do and so we both took on more until they were big enough to start doing things sort of on their own and it's always been after having kids it's always it's been my belief that 
you know, everyone who lives in the in the house sort of should should contribute. It's not necessarily just on me to especially running a business and writing books and stuff as well, right? Um yeah. and homeschooling. It's not just on me to make sure everything stays, you know, um or gets neat and tidy and clean in the house. And so um, you know, for example, for when our kids were little, we would help them and show them how to pick up after themselves. And so it, I started with them at a very young age. And so before they could, I'm big on labels and I love <laughs> containers and labels and stuff like that. But before they could read, like we would put a picture of what goes in that bin on the side of the bin. We'd tape it to the side of the bin. So they knew, you know, the toy trains go in this bin, the dolls go in this bin, whatever. And so motherhood has made it so that I've just, I guess, taught them all along and walked beside them while we tidied things up and stuff like that. And now that they're, they are adult children living at home, um, either working or in school or whatever, um, they need to help look after the house because they live here too. And so I think that was always the thing we did, you know, chore charts and chore packs and, (laughs) and all those things so that they learned as they went that, you know, it's, it's, they live here. So it's their, they get to help too. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe you can just talk a little bit about what inspired you to start helping other women to declutter their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, was it an, a, a struggle of your own? Um, what was it that kind of led to you deciding, hey, I'd like to make a business of this. I'd like to help other women in doing this in their own homes? Um, a little bit of it was an extension of, we were already talking about DIYs and and decorating. Um, and that's sort of where we started was the DIY projects. And then, you know, how to decorate goes hand in hand with DIY projects. And then I realized too, you know what, like pe- there's no way to create a nice, welcoming, lovely home if it's cluttered and messy, even if it's, if it's, pretty. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. even if you have lovely decor, even if you have great paint colors, even if you've made it, you know, reflect you um, in the decorating, if it's cluttered and disorganized, um, it's not going to feel welcoming to you or to um, anyone that you invite into the house. And it's not going to function well either. And so it was a natural extension of the DIY and decor. And also the funny thing is, is that really decluttering comes before the rest of those things mm-hmm. in my opinion, like mm-hmm. it should. It just makes it easier. Yeah. But in in the, the run of the business, it sort of came after the other things. Just, I don't know. <laughs> That's just how it happened. But um, de- clutter is actually not something that I personally struggle with. I love to organize and I'm actually, I love to purge things, <laughs> which sounds so crazy. Um, but I also realized that something that I knew how to do sort of, um, I don't know, that I figured out how to do, I figured out how to do it in a step-by-step way that would help other people who really did struggle with it. I also realized that not everyone is like me. For example, one holiday weekend, I was helping my sister in her kitchen and, and, you know, it it needed organizing and she knew it needed organizing, but she absolutely hated the thought of actually doing it. And so that was just a huge thing for me and that like it was really hard for her to choose what to get rid of. And, And so figuring out a system and a way to teach that to people who struggle in the same way or different ways with decluttering and organizing that really just sort of, I mean, my heart, my heart and my passion in general in ministry and in business is 
Um, I want to help women to create lovely homes. I want them to feel cozy and comfortable in their own spaces, but also feel good about having other people in and have their families to feel welcome and to have anyone else they invite in to feel welcome. And that's really where my heart and my passion is. And, you know, it's really hard to feel comfortable and like inviting people in if you feel like your house is cluttered and and disorganized. I think that's so valuable. We've got, I just know from my own conversations, just so many women either feel like they have to apologize for Mm. their homes when they really, (laughs) yeah. let's be honest, some of them really don't need to. Um, It's probably (laughs) myself included. I I often apologize and then I'm like, zip it, Linnell. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you you tell other women not to do this and you're apologizing. I I don't know why we're so sensitive to it. But I think, and so I think there's, you know, there's that component that maybe we're overly sensitive. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a fear of being judged, right? Mm -hmm. Is somebody going to look at that mess over in the corner and think, how long is that? been there for Mm. right I mean this is a reality that we all struggle with in different ways right what is other what are other people thinking but but then there's this part of this that that you just touched on that we have to we have to be able to have a home in which we feel ready to invite others into Mm -hmm. and I I love that so much and I think um you know, it's a real sad shame, right? If we are not having people into our homes because we don't feel like it's ready to have right. people in. Right. What would you say to that, to someone who is struggling with th- the, that feeling, that desire to have some, to have people over more often, but they don't feel like they can get on top of things? So that's, <laughs> that's a tricky question because you know, on one side of it, yeah, probably we all worry about it a little more than we should. And, and, and we're afraid of being judged a little more than we need to be worried about it. Right. And so in a lot of cases, I think it's, you just do it anyways, you, you kind of do it afraid and you trust that people aren't coming there, you know, to see your house, they're coming to see you. Um, And then the flip side of that is if genuinely your house isn't ready to have people in because you have piles everywhere and there's nowhere to sit down or there's nowhere, you know what I mean? Like it's genuinely Mm -hmm. is an issue, then, you know, you're the only one who can do something about it. And if you take it step by step a little at a time, you can make a difference in, in how your home functions and how comfortable you can be inviting people in. Listen, I love, I love decorating. I love organizing. I love decluttering. However, I also live in a house with people who don't. I mean, there's my husband and three grown kids who live here and they don't all love it like I do. One of my daughters does, (laughs) but the others, you know, and and not to say that anybody's like a slob or awful or anything, but they're, it's just not the same. And so our main floor as best as possible, we live in a, a two-level house with a basement, and our main floor, as much as possible, I try to keep clean and tidy, and that has always been how it is. Um, partly because of running the business and needing to take pictures here, here and there, but also um, just because we um, host people, especially. <laughs> We haven't gotten back into it as much since the pandemic, but we hosted people all the time. We had small group here. The kids had friends over. like, And so it was so much easier for me to do that if the main floor stayed neat and tidy. That doesn't mean all the bedrooms are perfectly put together or organized or you know, people don't have laundry on their floor or whatever. And so I think if you're worried about having people over, don't think that your entire house has to be perfect. None of your house has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, if you can get a handle on the main living areas most of the time, then you're doing awesome. Like that's, that's amazing. And that makes it so much less stressful for, for you. Um, when you do want to have people over after church or after mom's group or whatever, it's yeah. just so much easier, but yeah, you don't have to do the whole house. Right. And you know, I think I've had this conversation with friends so many times before about like what it look what it feels like to be on the other side of someone's perfectly meticulously mm-hmm. clean home. Yeah. And you know, especially I I'll, I have a memory from back when my kids were much smaller of going into um, a friend's place for the first time mm. um, for a gathering with multiple families and remember walking in and going, okay, this is pretty and lovely and perfect, but I am terrified my children are going to break something. Yeah. And so I was stressed the whole time because I'm trying to keep my children away from all the breakables on the shelf and on the table because, you know, and that was not pleasant either. And I remember thinking to myself, because I think at the time, my I was kind of, you know, doing the Instagram, you know, the whole trendy white making everything yeah. look all perfect. And I was I was starting to lean that way because I appreciated the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, okay, what do I really want in my home? And I remember that was one of the first times. And not to judge at all this this friend. It was just that it made me realize like how important practical having things practically set up matters to you, right, for having people yeah. in your home so that they feel comfortable as well. Yeah. And I don't know, it just gave me some really good perspective on that topic. It's so true. We tried a white, a white couch once and I just about <laughs> died. And thankfully it was slip covered. So I changed the slip covers to like something else. But that's the other thing too. I mean, I love the slip covers because I can take them off and wash them. Yeah. Like, yeah, you it's very uncomfortable to go into someone's house where everything's so perfect yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you don't feel comfortable. Even though it looks pretty, it's not lived in. And mm. I think that's – and I have to do a better job. I fully admit this. Do a better job on um, on my own Instagram sharing um, the reality of things and not just the perfect pictures that I right. feel like everybody wants to see. Um yeah, you want to make sure that it's comfortable and welcoming, and, but it doesn't have to be perfect. So you don't, you don't need to stress as I think. I, I think we all don't need to stress as much as we think we do. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, let's talk a little bit about avoidance because this is obviously one of the key issues that exists for, um, I think, a lot of women in not getting to the place of decluttering, where that a clutter starts just keeps building up Mm. the reason is avoidance can you talk a little bit about how big of an issue is this actually and why why do you think it is such an issue for women i think it's just overwhelming um i think people don't know women don't know where to start i think our time is um you know, no matter what age and stage you're at, I think your our time is kind of scattered. I mean, we're we're here, there, and everywhere doing all the things, um, running kids around, making sure they get to school, homeschooling them, whatever it is. Um, so I think the thought of doing of tackling an entire house, which is probably what we all think of when we think of, you know, I yes. need to declutter, things have gotten out of yeah. hand, I have to do the whole house. And I think it's just 
far too overwhelming. So we just shut down. I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. But I think personally, I think we just shut down and go, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get it perfect, I think is the other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm never going to get it all done. So I'll just avoid it. And in the meantime, it's causing all kinds of stress because you still know it's there and you know that you're avoiding it. And so, yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is the overwhelm of not being thinking that you won't be able to get it done. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like I can, um, this is so true for me. And, um, I recently recorded with, um, someone else on a similar topic and I had to acknowledge some of the things that I struggle with and that I and that I see so clearly need to change and yet somehow mm-hmm. I'm not giving myself the room to make the changes. So it really yes. does come down to habits. Yes. Um and creating healthy habits. Why don't we talk a little bit about or could you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about um what some of those first steps are for women who are feeling stuck in the clutter, it's affecting their mental, emotional health, maybe how they're, how they're mothering, how they're loving their family well mm-hmm. or not. Um, where do they start if they're just feeling like, oh, I, I've got this project and I just don't want to jump in because I'm so overwhelmed? Yeah. Um, I think one thing to acknowledge is that it isn't always a one and done thing with decluttering and organizing, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, when you live in a house, messes are going to happen. Things are going to come in. Papers are going to come in. You know, things are going to be used. And that's okay. And I think a lot of us, unfortunately, myself included, look at Instagram or whatever else and go, wow, it must be nice to, you know, have no mess made. But but the flip side of that is either your family's miserable because you're yelling at them all the time or, you know, there isn't anyone living there and that's just not happy either. And so I think that's acknowledge the fact that it sort of is just an ongoing thing and that's where habits come in. Where to start would be, um, there's a couple of options for that. And I talk about a few options for that in, in the clutter fix. And, you know, one of the places you can start is with the space that is driving you the most crazy and um, sort of purge through that area first. If that seems like too big of a thing, start with something simple like a tabletop or, you know, the one little, ca- um, sorry, the one little kitchen counter space that's bothering you that seems to collect everything, sort of purge through that first. So either start with the space that's my two favorite ways, the space that's driving you the most crazy and and sort of work through that or the space that's easiest to do first so that you can sort of get that quick win and the feeling that, yeah, you can actually accomplish and get some more control over your space. Yeah, I love that. That's a great tip. Um, and and I think it, it, you do get a little bit of a dopamine hit from that right that's what you're referring to in a good way right like our brains are meant to um to do this right when Mm -hmm. we achieve a goal when we feel satisfaction in some area um so it's just taking that one thing that's really standing out and tackling it first okay so now another issue that comes up is getting your family on board right Mm -hmm. you've talked a little bit about this already um, I think a lot of moms can relate to struggling, especially when you have multiple children, 
I know for us in our home, we have one who has dragged their feet (laughs) every time they're asked to do something for years and finally is making some more progress. (laughs) Actually, there's two out of four that are like that. (laughs) And then you've got this super responsible firstborn and then you've got the youngest. Anyway, so there's so many dynamics in each family, Mm -hmm. but how do we get our family on board? What are some of the things that you've done in your own home that have worked really well to getting your family on board enough to achieve the goals and the sanity that you want for your own home? Um, I think it's a little bit of age and stage. Um, when your kids are younger, if it's just expected and made part of the routines, then that's going to be a whole lot easier. So when I say expected and part of the routines, I mean, okay, before we have dinner, we're going to pick up the living room and put things away. And then we have dinner. Um, you know, before bed, we're going to put the things away. We're going to brush our teeth. We're going to, you know, get out our pajamas. Like the routines and the, and the expectedness of it, kids are good with bumpers and guidelines. Um, you know, they just are. They need to have... They need to feel safe within those. Some kids will push at them, but they still want to know that they're there. So when when they're younger, the expectations and routines that you set because you're the parent and you get to choose those things is definitely going to go a long way. And if you stick with it, you know, I mentioned um, we actually used, there's um, an American thing. It's um, chore packs. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's you basically, it's like a chore chart, except it you wear it around your neck. It's like a lanyard and they've got a morning chore pack and an evening chore pack. Um, it was the most magical thing for my kids when they were younger. Cause you know, it had the things in there. Like the morning one was, you know, make your bed, um, get dressed, brush your teeth, whatever. And the nighttime one was sort of the reverse of that. And that was like the most magical thing. They just expected it after a while. And so that helped a lot. And the same thing goes for us, like with routines and habits, when your kids are older, then it comes into the, you know, we have adult kids and the kitchen is a place of contention for me because we actually are our oldest works shift work. And so by the time I've, we've cleaned up the kitchen, my husband and I've cleaned up the kitchen in the evening and he, my, our son comes home at like two or three in the morning and he's making another meal in the kitchen oh. and we get up and we're like, Oh, did we not clean this? Right. And so, so, you know, it's, it's your expectations too of what's going to happen. And, you know, like you said, some of the kids are, are better at it than others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is. And so, you know, you make it expected and into routine and habit as much as possible. And then, you know, depending on, you know, age and stage and situation, like I don't blame my son for not wanting to wash dishes at four or five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. he's great at it. Sometimes he's not. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's we can try to get our families on board as much as possible by setting those expectations and routines and helping them to have the tools yeah. um, to do those things. Um, but you also need to we also need to adjust our expectations and realize that it's more beneficial to live in a peaceful home <laughs> yeah. than one full of contention if you're irritated all the time. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So it's really an age and stage thing, but expectations and routines and habits mm-hmm. are huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I reached out to some of my listeners recently and I asked them, what are your 
like big things in your home <laughs> that you mm. would love some advice on getting a handle on. Okay. And so a big one is all the paper. <laughs> how do we stay on top of this, Shannon? What, how do we make this? This is for me personally as oh, yeah. well. This is a big one for me. Yeah. I just feel like I'm fighting the piles of paper all the time. What do you have to say to this? And that's where it's never a one and done with paper right. specifically, right? Because it just keeps coming. Mm -hmm. Um you know, you can you can ease some of that if you say get, you know, the the email version of your utility bills. So then you don't have it. You don't have the paper version to file away. Um, if your kids are going to bring paper home from school, that's, <laughs> you know, that's how it is from church, whatever. Um, papers, you need to make it so that you have systems in place. So whether that is that you on your front hall table, you have a you know, a basket or a tray to receive the mail when it comes in um, and you make a point of going through it once a week um, if you're not able to get to it every day. Um, you have, so for example, for us, we have a, I still do paper. I am like old school. I'm 47 and, you know, I, <laughs> I still take notes on paper. I just got an iPad to start taking notes in good notes. Um, and so paper is still a, big thing for me. I can't go all digital. I don't know why. I, you know, <laughs> I just can't. And so, I mean, we have a filing cabinet in the basement um, that stores paperwork. But in our kitchen, I have a sort of a portable file thing in a drawer um, that holds the current year's papers. So, for example, the utility bills, my husband's pay stubs, the kids, whatever they have um, is in this so that I don't have to go to the basement out of the way because it would never get done. <laughs> never. Mm. So you have to yeah. make it easy. Figure out how your brain works. Is it something that you will tackle once a week? Put it in your calendar. If it's something that you will open it as soon as you get it, make note of whatever you need to make note of and file it, then put a file, uh, you know, a holder in the kitchen or in the entryway or wherever it works for you. Figure out little tricks to make it easier on yourself. Paper is, it's a lot. It's a constant. And so that's where you have to figure out the systems and routines because it will be a constant forever probably. Okay. So in your book, you have a section on, um, there's a quiz called What's Your Organizing Personality? Mm -hmm. And I'm as you're talking about this specific a topic of paper organizing. I'm thinking to myself, yeah. I am that person that was so gung-ho back when my kids were smaller to have like one individual portfolio for each of them for the year <laughs> for schoolwork and all the things. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to have this over here. And I, like, I'm like the organizing, like I love all the organizational things. <laughs> like I'm the person yeah. that's like in HomeSense and I want to buy all the little organizational <laughs> th things. I, I have to be really mm -hmm. cautious when I go in there. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about this and I'm going, wouldn't it be better for someone like me? Because I'm always like badgered by the the what I had hoped to do. Mm. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Like this. Absolutely. But you had yep. started this and now you feel like you failed because you haven't put any art away for your children in two years and it's sitting <laughs> in boxes and you have to go through it all and it's an overwhelming task. Like it, that's really true for me. I may have it all in the same place, but mm-hmm. to go through it is it feels like a daunting task. And right. I'm thinking about the way you're you're talking about. It. So you leave all your papers basically like in one place for the year, but then you kind of do you do like a year end cleanup. Is that kind of what um, you do? Uh, yes. So sometime over Christmas break, um, we pull the upstairs files and we put them in the filing cabinet. And then, um, and business files are separate from that. I have totes for those because they just don't fit in the filing cabinet anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's to the point of kids' artwork. My kids each actually have um, for the longest time, especially because they were homeschooled too. So they did art whenever they wanted to. <laughs> um, they each have um, a box in their closet that's art and like finished art and memorabilia. And so, you know, the camp T-shirt would go in with the painting from whatever. Um, they would go through those as they got older. We actually still have a couple of those for each kid under our basement stairs in the furnace room that's full. And honestly... It doesn't bother me that it's there because it doesn't need those kind of things in my mind don't need to be in pretty um, organizing things because you're not going to look at them again for a long time, probably, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, too, am the person I mean, I go to I'm I'm, we're in Canada. So Staples, like I love their pretty (laughs) they're pretty organizing things. Right. And (laughs) I, too, have to be careful not to buy them all. But that works for things that you're going to look at all the time. So like if you have an, a home office and you're going to look at your office supplies day in and day out, those pretty things work great for that. There is nothing wrong with putting the other stuff in a box in a closet somewhere, honestly, mm-hmm. if you've got the space for it. I mean, if you live in like a teeny tiny place, then yeah, you're going to have to go through it more often than that. But um, yeah, give yourself some grace in things like those. When you, if you sit up, set up a system and it doesn't work for you, then that's okay. Change systems. Yeah, that's so good. That really, that helps me. I'm like, like, be nice to yourself. You don't need to do what you tried to start 10 years ago. Yeah, we're so hard on ourselves. Oh, we are. Give yourself some grace. Yeah. Man. You're keeping people alive, little people. Yes, I (laughs) know. Give yourself some grace with the paper. (laughs) Yes. And figure out, try and figure out what works. And if something doesn't work, change the system. Mm -hmm. So good. Thank you so much for that. Okay, we're going to do one more hot topic item and that is socks socks (laughs) the socks oh my goodness (laughs) okay so what we no one knows this is like this is the crazy thing that no one knows the answer to where do the socks go um we don't really know sometimes in the corner of a fitted sheet sometimes Mm -hmm. under a bed or a dresser sometimes we just accidentally threw away one with a hole in it and we forgot Mm -hmm. and so then there's another one kicking around what else is there to this equation and how do we figure out keeping socks organized well what's what's this look like in your opinion Wow. Socks. Socks. So (laughs) if you go and Google or search on YouTube and someone has actually, I saw it somewhere and I can't remember where, taken apart a washer and dryer and somehow the socks have worked themselves like into like the guts of the washer and dryer. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Like multiple single socks, like (laughs) in the guts of the washer and dryer. I'm like, no way. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, so you can't help that, honestly. Like, nope, I mean, if the, if the washing machine's going to eat it, then. <laughs> but I mean, outside of that, um, our so for years actually, it, this was a bigger issue probably when our kids were younger, when everybody's laundry sort of got thrown together. My kids, along the lines of you know helping them to be grow up to be responsible kids, my kids have done their own laundry for a long time. Um, and so it doesn't get mixed up with anyone else's. Nobody else has someone's sock in their sheet, in their, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, socks are the, I don't like socks when it comes to laundry. <laughs> I will pull them all out and put them in a pile and fold everything else first. <laughs> to be honest, my husband, actually, he's, he, um, early on in our marriage, when our kids were really little, he didn't like how I did laundry. So he took it over. <laughs> Oh, was so, that a blessing in disguise? Yeah, it is. I always feel so bad saying that, though, because I know that, you know, that's not how it always works. But, you know, no, I do help fold it. I do, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, socks are tricky. I yeah. I don't have a 100% solution for that um, yeah. besides that each of us has our own separate laundry. So right. at least then it's not mixed in someone else's and they go, I don't have your sock. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the machines legit eat them as far as I know. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, one yeah. of the things that I've I've heard in the past um, is is that you buy the same socks, um, ah. so that you're not getting. Because I think one of the issues that so many of us deal with, especially when we have younger children. I mean, I have four, and mm. I have a um, specific brands that I I like, and mm. but I'll often buy them um, and they'll be in slightly different colorations and stuff. And so then because I like this particular brand, I'll buy them for my daughter and I'll buy them for my other daughter in different Mm. sizes. And so then we've got like, and then I use them too. So then we've got three different, (laughs) the same sock in all different, like very similar designs going through the laundry. Yeah. And they're ending up in different drawers because, you know, if my husband's sorting He's yep. going to think, oh, this looks like one of yep. so-and-so's. I mean, it just is hilarious, honestly. It's you know, so humorous and it frustrating is. at the same time. I just thought, you know those little mesh bags that you use for delicates? Yes, yeah. You could always put each person's in each one. Like put a peg, like if everybody brings their laundry to the laundry room together, put a peg rail up and put one for each person and then zip them up and throw them in so that they're mm. separated. Would yeah. that help? I don't know. Is that too much work? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm 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 terrible at laundry questions because, yeah, because my kids have done their own for so long now, and that's great. That's so great. Well, I think that we're just gonna have to continue trying to find ways to solve this issue, but maybe it never will be solved. I, I don't know. <laughs> so funny. Okay, I want to hear if could you just share a little bit for our listeners um, about your recent book, The Clutter Fix, and tell us. Or, or tell them what they can expect from this book. Because, you know, when we go searching for um, books on clutter and organizing and tidying your home, I mean, there's quite a few out there. But mm-hmm. I, so I would love for you to just explain a little bit more about what's included in this book, what makes it unique. Um, There are a lot of different books out there. And, you know, there are some that are really pretty to look at. Um, if, you know, if you want to look at all the pretty organizing things, the clutter fix is, is, um, texts and worksheets and quizzes and, um, you know, 
there's a coloring page in there for as you declutter your house and stuff. So it's, it's kind of fun that way. But I wrote it to be sort of the only manual for decluttering and organizing that you would need that you could use it over and over. There's, um, there's specifics for each room in your house. There's specifics for each season for like the big decluttering that needs to happen with the change of seasons, especially in Canada where we get genuinely all four seasons. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And so I really wanted it to be sort of this hold on to it and use it and use it and use it over and over again, um, you know, in any and every house that you ever live in kind of thing. And so that it was really just like the I don't know, your your handy helper guide manual for decluttering every single space in your home. And mm. so, yeah, it's filled with checklists. It's got some of the psychology behind stuff. I did a lot of research. Like I said, I'm not a psychologist, but I did a lot of research into it. And so it's got some of the psychology of why we do things and, and yes. you know, why we fight clutter, why we, all those things. So it really, I really wanted it to just be like, yeah, like your companion while you did this so that you know, you had everything you needed in one book. You know, and I think one of the things that I love about it is um, like you have chapter four is called the clutter personalities and you go <laughs> into in depth and like, you know, the psychology behind this stuff, it's right up my alley. So yeah. that's what really drew me in and it gave me a lot to think about. Mm -hmm. And then I love how you're so specific to so many different areas of the home. Like you're not just talking about decluttering your kitchen, you're talking about everything. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot in here. And then, you know, you, you speak to a lot of biblical truths as well um, mm -hmm. as you go through this. And you also have, can you tell us real quick about the 10-day decluttering shortcut? Because I thought this was a really cool feature in this book. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it's just meant to give you a good jump start. Um, and, you know, like we talked about those quick wins and that sort of dopamine um, just to make it so that you really genuinely felt like you could do it. And you actually get some stuff, some important areas easily or simply, I guess, depending on how you look at it, um, <laughs> decluttered and on well on your way to getting an organized house for sure. So it's, it's this great little sh jump start to, you know, it's a great one for, you know, before the holidays or something like that, or to start in January if you're feeling tired or whatever. Yeah. It just gives you a really good place to start with some, you know, some concrete step by step. Here's how you do it. And then you can look at, you know, the psychology and stuff like that if you want to. But when you really need to get some stuff done. Yeah, that's so neat. Have you ever done um, like a challenge with with a large group of women? I haven't yet. Um, I am actually working on some some reboots and stuff. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's a great get idea. Some stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think sometimes we just need that extra moral support. We need yeah, that. You know, just having being held accountable to each other too, right? And it's a fun mm -hmm. way to start a new season or a new year. And mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. definitely. We'll have to watch for that if you're going to yeah. do something like that in the future. Okay. Yeah. I have a fun little question for you before we say goodbye. Mm -hmm. Can't believe our time is almost up here. If you yeah. had four hours all to yourself and <sighs> someone had already cleaned your house, how would you spend that time? I would, um, I would probably, depending on the season, if it was cold weather out, I would put on our gas fireplace and sit on my couch with a good book on my Kindle. Um, yep, for four hours. <laughs> wow, good for you. Um, if it was summer, I would probably um, 
do the same thing with the Kindle, but go float in the pool or sit beside the pool in the backyard. <laughs> nice. And you could do that for four hours? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm starting. Yeah. Uh, yes, I could. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a good, that's a, a good thing. I mean, if you can it, do one thing for four hours. <laughs> oh, I would probably get up a few times, but yeah. yeah, no, I could. I actually, I had taken a few months off this summer after getting a little worn out and burnt out. Mm. So I, I learned the value of rest. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I think we all need that lesson Yeah, multiple times easiest. in our life, hey? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, Shannon, where can people um, connect with you online? The best and easiest place to go and remember is homemadelovely.com. You can get to our Facebook and Instagram and um, our decorating course and our books and all the things from there. That's probably the easiest. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much, Shannon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Friends, homemadelovely.com is such a beautiful website. Um, there are Shannon has so many fun home decor ideas and styling tips and recipes. Make sure to check out everything that um, is available for you there, um, including just gorgeous home decorating inspiration. So um, definitely check that out. We'll be wrapping up our podcast year next week with the last episode in the series the thriving home and then my hope is to have new episodes again for you in late january so if you would like to bless us with a gift this christmas you probably know what i'm gonna say but it would be so wonderful to see you share this or another favorite episode on instagram tag at knowing motherhood podcast um, or on facebook at knowing motherhood you can also leave a rating or a review as well. Those are just so uh, impactful for us in our reach. Um, and I do, I know I say it all the time, um, but it's a joy. It is an, a true joy of mine to serve other women through this platform that God has given to me. And I'm honored that you've chosen to spend a little bit of your week with me. So I can't wait to be back here again with you soon, friends, um, next week. <laughs>